is when Jesus said to the Pharisees and scribes, you search the scriptures mm -hmm. because you think that in them you have eternal life, mm -hmm. but you're unwilling to come to me that you might have life. Right. So we can have the Bible and not have Jesus. Welcome to this episode of the His Hill Podcast. My name is Kelly Doherty, and I'm your host. Today we have, uh, I'm excited about today's, um, I know you hear me say that all the time, but I am excited about today's episode because I'm sitting down with a new guest speaker of ours, Tom Wontrop. Uh, one, is that, did I say that right? You okay, great. Uh, you know, just, just really brand new and uh, this is the first time we've actually sat down in a conversation, so I have no idea where this is going other than I have a pretty good, I have, I have good confidence that it's, it's going to end with Christ. Uh, the reason I say that is because uh, I've been, you know that I'm part-time, so I'm not up on the hilltop full-time anymore, but when I come up, I'm asking the students, I'm asking the staff, hey, how's the new guest speaker? And just consistently, they're telling me, Kelly, we're so encouraged. Every session, he leads us to Christ. And so I'm, I'm really fired up about getting to know Tom here. So Tom, welcome to the podcast. It's glad to be here. Thanks. Well, it's good to have you. Um, and thanks for being willing to, because I know you're, you're, you're preparing for the next class, and, and I had to pull you out of your room <laughs> uh, to, to, to do this. So, I, you know, really thank you for being willing to. Tom, tell us a little bit about yourself. Um, where, are you, where do you come from right now? Uh, well, uh, right now, my wife and I live in Pennsylvania. Okay. Uh, we just moved there four years ago. Uh, but I was born and raised in Maryland. The okay. State of Maryland. Okay. Uh, so born and raised in Maryland. Um, t tell us a little bit about that. Your background. What what kind of what kind of upbringing did you have? What kind of family do you come from? Uh, a wonderful family. I had uh, the Lord has given me wonderful parents. They're so sweet. And uh, I had a father who hugged me and kissed me and mm. told me he loved me all the time. Mm. It, was, it was a it was a charmed. Uh, childhood wow. with wonderful grandparents. It was a religious home, but not a Christian home. Really? Okay. Yeah. So um, I didn't. I didn't really have any foundation of the Bible. I actually knew nothing of the Bible growing up. Uh, the Lord saved me when I was nineteen, and before that, I didn't know there were two testaments. I didn't know there were four gospels. Oh, really? I, yeah, that was complete ignorance mm. on my part. Okay, so. well, that's that's interesting. So you were 19, mm -hmm. out of high school. How did that come to be? Who, how, how did you hear the gospel? Well, it, it's interesting because uh, it happened to me. But I probably when I was 18, my uh, older brother was uh, stationed in the army in Germany. And out of the blue, he just sent me a copy of a, a boy sent me a newspaper from um, a group they called themselves Jesus People. Okay. So this was 1973. Okay. And so I started reading that and had no idea what I was reading. Uh, you know, John Colton 10, I, I didn't know what that meant. Uh, and so I, I figured it was the Bible. <laughs> so I found a, um, a Bible in the china closet. Oh, really? An old King James that my, that my mother had. From when she was a child mm. and a teenager. So I took that, start reading it, and I was amazed that I could understand it because mm. I, I was had been taught, I'd heard, that you can understand the Bible. Really? You, know, okay. you have to be yeah. a professional to, huh. do, to do that. But I understood, and I, um, I just I couldn't get enough. I couldn't get enough of reading it. It was just... And so I actually, through 
the, the mail, I started getting bumper stickers. I just bought a new Volkswagen <laughs> Beetle. 1972. A and new was, one. Yeah. Yeah. Under, under 2000. Wow. Was, so uh, I started um, putting um, bumper stickers, you know, honk if you love Jesus and give Jesus a chance. I, I, and um, um, one way, you know, I put them all over my car. I was in my second year of community college when I started doing okay. that. And the Christians who I had met, I hadn't met a Christian, actually. I didn't know what a Christian was. Mm. Um but the Christians that saw my car and um, followed me to the parking space one, one day and said, hey. And, of course, they, um, they said, hey, we have Bible studies once a week here. A neighboring pastor comes over. You're welcome. And I said, sure, I'll come. And not knowing, really? <laughs> not knowing what a Bible study was. I okay. was into the Bible. That okay. I, was, I, was just, right. I was just reading it every day and enjoying, enjoying it. Okay. And at the community college, they had a whole section of Bible commentators and dictionaries and hmm. all my spare money. It was just a thirst. And now I know that the Lord was drawing me. Right. When I came to know him, I, I don't know exactly when it was. It was before that, when it was through the, the magazine of the Jesus people. I, I'm not sure. When, but I did, and so I started coming to the Bible studies, and um, got to know the pastor, the Baptist pastor at that mm-hmm. time that was uh, sharing, and I just enjoyed every minute of it. And I started going to his fellowship, which was right next to the the college, and and that's when the Lord just, I don't know, I just somewhere in there, I walked forward in a meeting, you know, singing just as I am. Mm. You know, cry mm-hmm. my eyes out, mm-hmm. and it was a radical transformation for mm. me. I mean, the Lord. Um, I didn't try to change myself. I really didn't know what that was all about. I didn't know about living holy. I, I know that didn't know what that meant really. But just things started to drop off my life. And in six months, I had a new set of friends. I had new interests uh, to the point where I didn't know what to do. Mm-hmm. I was um, studying to become a botanist. Okay, that was going to be my life. I was into trees and plants and. You know, things like that, herbs and cures and all that kind of thing. Uh-huh. And then, um, so I, I just, I just got a job um, for a year, um, uh, and then um, uh, I st- still didn't know what to do. Didn't know what, what direction I was going to take. And I saw a friend in an elevator in a hospital okay. one day, and I'd heard that he was then a Christian. And he said, hey, have you heard about Langster Bible College? And I said, there's a, there's a college you can go to hmm. where they teach the Bible? Hmm. And that was just brand new to me, so okay. I started going. Okay. And so that's, that's how the Lord saved me. Wow. Yeah. So now, so, so you went to Bible college? Yes, I did. Okay. Did you finish that? No. Okay. I dropped out. <laughs> I, I had a semester to go. <laughs> oh, really? That's interesting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so what did you do then after that? Uh, I um, I started uh, painting houses with a group of Christians and um, just had a ball. Just loved every minute of it. Mm. Um, singing on the ladders all day long, yeah. painting. It was studying the Bible all day long with them. It was just great. In that time, I got married, um, found a wonderful little girl that I met at Bible College. Okay. Did and, she finish? Uh, yes, she did. <laughs> yes, she did. <laughs> And yeah, you know, and um, so uh, I was painting houses. She was uh, waitressing mm-hmm. at the time. And after two years of that, you know, I just, I just wanted to do more. I I had been uh, teaching the Bible. My younger sister 
came to know the Lord. And with her high school friends, I was teaching a little Bible study at our home. Okay. At our parents' home, you know. And And your parents were good with that? Oh, oh, yeah. yeah, Okay. They were fine. Well, initially, my father was not. Okay. um, Yeah. But uh, but he came around. He was okay with Mm. it. Uh, so then I, uh, a dear friend told me, why don't you pastor a church? Mm. Cause at this time I'm, you know, 24 and I thought, well, I can't pastor a church. I don't have the credentials. I didn't graduate from Bible college. I don't, I didn't have a degree. Mm. And my dear friend said, well, no, come on. Um, there are p- churches in new England that they're so small. They can't afford pastors. Mm. Just, just keep your, your eyes and ears open, you know, come before the Lord. He knows your desires. And, and sure enough, I um, contacted a little church I'd heard about needed a pastor. And I'm 25. My wife and I are both 25 at this time. And um, so <laughs> uh, they said yes. Wow. It's up upstate New York. Hmm. And so we, we moved up there. And um, I pastored the church for five years. Mm. Yeah, and those poor people, you know, they were just, <laughs> uh, they're very patient with me because I didn't know what I was doing. Mm. I really didn't. And uh, but I just wanted to proclaim Christ. Mm. You know, uh, I had gotten in trouble in my first year, year and a half of being a Christian. I just um, really adopted a legal spirit, and mm. I was trying my heart out okay. to be a good ser- servant to the Lord. Yeah. And um, it was a struggle, and I, it really came down to the point that I, I was surprised when I became a Christian that I, when I started trusting the Lord, that I kept sinning. <laughs> I, I don't know what to, to do about that. Right, yeah. You know, and I, I think a lot of people can identify with that. Man. Actually, well, I think every believer can identify with that. Well, I tried everything. Yeah. I mean, I, I fasted, I memorized scripture, I gave all my money away, mm. you know, anything I could do. And people tell me, oh, you need this gift and you need this experience and you need, and I, I went after everything and, and it just didn't work. Mm. And I crashed, mm. you know, I, I wanted, you know, I wanted to be the best servant the Lord ever had. And, um, I, I just couldn't go on anymore. That was the end. And, um, and so I remember praying to the Lord, Lord, I, I'll be a second class Christian in love with you the rest of my life, but I, I just can't serve you. I just, mm. I'm too much of a sinner, mm. you know? So I was, and that's when my friends um, that I met turned me on to uh, Major Ian Thomas. Mm. And I started devouring his books and others. And the Lord just mm. actually just revived my Christian life yeah. again. Yeah. So. I can identify with so much of what you're saying. And I think a lot of believers can, Yeah, you know, where, we're just, and, and for so many of us, well, everyone has to come to that point, you know, where they're just used up, burned out yeah. on themselves. Now, so for some of us, it's a big traumatic experience. Others, it's just, oh, of course, you know, but and I have a problem with those people. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. But I, you know, I can identify with that, you know, where we come to that point where we're just so frustrated and yeah. done. Um, for my, for my personally, for myself, it was a moment of, you know, Lord, I, I've tried this, I've tried Christianity and it doesn't work. Yeah. So I'm done. We had a, a guest speaker years ago who's gone home to be with the Lord. He used to tell us that when Jesus becomes an it, mm-hmm. you're in trouble. And Jesus had become an it for mm-hmm. me. 
But it was, you know, the Lord, it was like the Lord had told me, Kelly, good. I'm glad you're quitting Christianity <laughs> because the Christianity you're quitting is not, it is not me. It's something you've created. It's your idol. You worship it. And it's all dependent on you. So you're worshiping yourself. Mm. And same thing through teachings. You know, the Lord used Major Thomas. And I want to be clear about that. The Lord used him. It wasn't Major. Amen. Uh, and he, 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 he just made the statement, and you've probably read this, you know, in The Saving Life of Christ, where he said that God is limited. And that got my, that got my attention. Mm-hmm. And what do you mean? You know, I've, I've had all this training and some of it's been from your school. What do you mean? According to the measure of our availability to all that he makes available to us. And then he quoted from Colossians 2, 9 and 10, for in him all the fullness of deity dwells hmm. in bodily form, and in him you've been made complete. And that was, that was the moment where I realized, Amen. oh my goodness, <laughs> I'm so busy trying to accomplish what Jesus has already done. And now it's for me to, by faith, abide, Amen. to trust him. And I can honestly say, too, from that moment on, and I was 23 at the time, that my life has not been, has been changed, has, has never been the same. There's been failure. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's been train wreck. But never, with, never, in the, I'm 57 now, never, not one day, can I remember not being conscious, conscious of his presence. You know, I never leave you. I never forsake you. And, yeah, you've messed up. Now, trust me hmm. and watch what I do with that mess up. Hmm. So I, I appreciate that. That's, that's, you know, I can identify with this and, 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 and praise the Lord with you in this because of his faithfulness. You know, it's, it's all about him. Yeah. Oh, amazing. Isn't it? Yeah. It's interesting to me, too, that you would, um, that, you know, you would become a pastor thinking that, <laughs> you know, well, I'm not, you know, your first response was I'm not qualified for this. You know, I did finish Bible college. And I went into, I was an associate pastor, went into this, this church, had no pastor, um, had not had a pastor for two years. And, you know, when you're young, <laughs> you don't recognize things yet. You know, at mm-hmm. least I didn't. They've been looking for two years, had 12 men say no. Wow. And I decide, yeah, I'll be the associate pastor. I come in. The, the only other person on staff was the church secretary. She had a seminary degree, and she reminded me of it on a daily basis. <laughs> and, you know, I realized going into this, and, and I realized as it was going on, and looking back on it, just affirming, yeah, my education didn't begin until after I got my degree. Yeah. And, wow, what an education. You know, so many people think, you know, the same way we have to, going back to Colossians, you know, verse 8, chapter 2, verse 8, see to it that no one takes you captive through philosophy. You know, the tradition of men, elementary principles of the world, mm. rather than according to Christ. And so often, he's, he's telling believers this, so it's easy for us to, you know, obviously, we think like this. We think like the world. You know, we, we, we bring our faith in Christ into the world or we bring the world into our faith in Christ <laughs> and we, we reason, you know, we think like the world. We, uh, we, we think as believers, 
like the world does. We, we make our decisions based on the same principles, the same checkbox, hmm. you know, where, well, I've got to have this education. I've got to, you know, I, I've got to start here and work my way up to here. And, you know, that's just, it's so sad. But, you know, because of our flesh, that's the way we're going to be. And the Lord knows it and he works with us on that. Mm. And, you know, I think it's interesting too, you know, we're thinking about, you know, we mentioned Major Thomas, you know, he had a, um, a worldwide ministry. You know, the Lord used him to start a ministry that has 26 centers around the world, 25 at this time around the world. That number goes up and down. And he never, he never had a degree. You know, he never had theological training, you know, official, mm-hmm. you know, theological training. Yet the Lord used him to communicate Christ to thousands of people. Mm-hmm. You know, and you just think, I, yeah, I'm talking a lot here, and this is your interview. <laughs> but I remember sitting and listening to to Major Thomas one time, and just ha- just started to pray to the Lord, Lord, I want to live the same life this man's living. And the Lord just quietly spoke to my heart, then do it. <laughs> there's no more of me in him than in you. Now get out of that chair and trust me with the next step. Yeah. And that's, isn't that what Paul was concerned with? You know, he was afraid yeah. that we'd be led astray from the simplicity and purity to Christ. Yeah. yeah. And, and we get, you know, he wasn't afraid that we'd be led astray from the simplicity and purity of worship, <laughs> our Bible study, right. you know, but Christ. Amen. And I, I've got a question for you, and then we'll we'll get back to your, your your story. I'm just curious what you have to say about this. I had, um, I had somebody tell me the other day that we just ask the question: Do we make too much of Jesus? <laughs> um, I had a student come up to me one time early in the school year and say, "Kelly, if every time we go to the Bible." We're going to look for Jesus. I've got a problem with that. And my response to him was that this is going to be a very long year for you. <laughs> and, you know, he really took issue with it. But now, just to, to finish that story, now he, uh, he became a, a Bible teacher in a public school, hmm. which I think is really interesting. And the, his emphasis in every class is Christ. Amen. And, you know, the, the Lord brought him to that. But what would you say to that? What would you say that, you know, we make too much about Jesus? Oh, we can't. Yeah. We can't do that. Well, the, the, um, the Father, well, in, 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 in the Trinity's revelation of, them, of themselves to man, Christ is in the center. Mm. They have just put Christ in the center. Mm. This is my beloved Son. Mm. Hear Him. Mm. That's the Father. The Spirit won't speak of his own initiative on his own initiative he'll take the things of christ and reveal them unto us so because i had a dear friend saying well you know i don't want to ignore the father i don't want to ignore the spirit mm-hmm. and sometimes i think if i center on jesus i will I said, no. that's the uh, they don't want you centering on them that the spirit is breath that's his mm-hmm. name spirit mm-hmm. breath um they're pleased when christ is in the center wow. because they have put christ in the center wow yeah well, you think about the opening to the book of Hebrews, you know, yeah. where, you know, God, after he spoke long ago through the prophets in many portions in many ways, in these last days has spoken to us through his son. And then he goes on and to show us that yeah. God says, now I am showing you all of me Amen. in Christ. And, and then the whole book is about Jesus. 
Jesus is better. Jesus is better. He's better than any other good thing. Jesus is better. You know, and, yeah. and you know, enter in. You know, and it's just, I, I agree, and I, and, and I appreciate you, you, you saying that, that he really is as at the center, you know, and, yeah. and I just, oh my well, goodness. You're, um, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. He yes. Said. So if, if, if you want to ignore the Father and the Son, then ignore Jesus. Yeah. But if but if you mm-hmm. really want to love them, mm-hmm. then you love Jesus. Amen. He just represents. Yeah. For me to live is Christ. Mm. You know. Yeah. So. Yeah. You know, yeah. Yeah. We um, often, you know, I used to be the principal when I was here full time. I would say probably the majority of the applications when students apply to come to Bible school that we have we ask a question: Why do you want to come to Bible school? And the majority will answer to get to know God better or to get to know the Bible better. Mm. And so our encouragement to them throughout the year has been this. If you really want to get to know God better, then you better get to know Jesus. <laughs> if you really want to get to know the word better, then you better get to know Jesus because it is through Jesus that God has made himself known. It is through Jesus that you come to truly read the word. And, you know, I, it's, I, I just, you know, I really appreciate the, the, the emphasis that you're making here because Chris Thomas used to be the general director of Torchbearers. He was preaching here one Thanksgiving and he asked the question, why is it that believers are so free to talk about God and so often will talk about God but seldom do you hear them talk about Jesus. Hmm. And I thought, boy, what a good question. And and I can I can testify to that fact. You know, you know, hearing so many sermons throughout the years, hearing so many devotions, how many times I hear believers talk about God, but not talk about Jesus. Now they may say Jesus, but they don't really talk about Jesus. They don't really present Christ. And so Chris went on to say he believes it's because when we talk about God, we can make God whoever we want him to be. But when we talk about Christ, we become specific about who God is. And all of a sudden, God becomes intrusive. Hmm. Yeah. And, and then all of a sudden, like you said, Paul, for me to live is Christ. It's no longer I who live, but Christ who lives. He becomes intrusive, and that goes against the flesh. Yeah, you know, you know, the verses that do that for me, mm-hmm. you know, is when Jesus said to the Pharisees and scribes, "You search the Scriptures mm-hmm. because you think that in them you have eternal life, mm-hmm. but you're unwilling to come to me that you might have life." Right. So we can have the Bible and not have Jesus, mm-hmm. and that's what they were doing because he was making this distinction between himself and the Bible. Mm. You know, they had the Bible. In fact, they, if you, from what I've read, if you were uh, 12 years old and set apart to be a rabbi, then uh, by the time you became the rabbi, you had to memorize one-third of the Old Testament. So when he said you search the scriptures, uh, boy, maybe an understatement. I mean, they searched the scriptures. They lived in the scriptures. They put the scriptures all over their body, on their doorposts. They knew the scriptures. Mm. But they were unwilling to come to him. So we need the Bible, of course, to know Christ. Right. Hmm. 
but we can have the Bible without Christ. Yeah. And uh, that's when the Bible becomes as dry and dust mm. to our hearts. Just um, an academic exercise. A, apart from the revelation of Christ. Yeah. It's, yeah. yeah I well, know. knowledge puffs up. Yeah. So Bible knowledge without yeah. Christ puffs up. Yeah. You get proud. Yeah. You get a little bit of Bible knowledge, you yeah. get proud. Really? Yeah. You can have a whole lot and be dangerous. <laughs> you know, I, I knew a man who was so so strong in the the, the doctrines uh, could answer qu- really any question you had and he knew hebrew so well that when he went to seminary his professor said you know what don't bother coming to class here's the dates of the exams hmm. um, he actually knew it better than his his prof and you know all of that knowledge you know graduating with all of that knowledge i remember he it, he had actually one of his one of his children came to school here, and I asked. I remember asking him a question. I was really struggling over this one issue, and he looked at me. and Goes, well, it's context, Kelly. And he goes on and explains it to me, and it was just such a simple answer. I remember feeling like an idiot, and <laughs> thought, Yeah, you're right. But all of that knowledge did not prevent him from from falling into sin, and destroying his family and i just think wow what you know what a sobering reminder that it's not i i I know that once i came to realize the lord brought me to this point realizing that no this is not about me for him this is about him being him in me that i started to read the bible which i had read and i was literally it was like reading something i'd never read before I remember reading Ephesians, the armor of God, and just sitting up in bed one night reading this, and and just like that, saying, "Oh my goodness, <laughs> this is this the armor of God is Jesus. It's not something I put on. It's not something that I achieve. It's not something I do for Him. This is literally Christ, every piece." And you know, never seeing that before, but all of a sudden you start to see Jesus as you read through the Word, and it just really just. My goodness, it just brings it all to life. My son-in-law and I were—we um, meet once a week, and uh, this this morning uh, we were taking a break from a book we we're reading, and we read just simply just read the book of Jude. And we were we were laughing this morning, saying, "You know what?" At the end of our discussions, you know, we thought we would do this in one just just one meeting because that's just twenty-five verses, you know. You, mm-hmm. And you think, no, we could we could spend months talking through this, but. How it ends, you know, you know, it begins, you know, contend, you know, earnestly, you know, you know, stand against this, this darkness, this evil. And then it gets to the end and says, now to him who is able. Mm. Now, it's, it's only possible through Christ. And you find it, this is everywhere in Scripture. You know, it's just so, wow. Uh, that's, one, that's, one, that's one of the dangers um, to, become, to become an expert on the Bible but yet a stranger to the, to the God of the Bible. Mm. We need the Bible. Yeah, We are to learn the Bible, all right. the facts of the Bible. We're to become people of one book, really, mm. scholars mm-hmm. in the Bible. Mm-hmm. But we don't stop with the facts. Mm. We ask the Holy Spirit to take us beyond the facts to the Lord himself. Yeah, Because uh, he's, he's hidden these things mm. from those who are wise and intelligent in their own estimation, mm. trusting in themselves. Mm. He only reveals them to those in childlike dependence. Mm. You know, we... I was reading a verse this morning and preparing for my next class. In Psalms, it says, in, in, in thy light, we see light. Mm. 
Mm. Now light is something easy to see. You know, in darkness, you see a little flicker, you mm-hmm. know, in the woods, mm-hmm. there's a little flicker in, mm-hmm. in a home. It's easy to see light, but because of our natural hearts, we can't even see light mm. apart from God's light on light. Mm. So it's through his light that we see light, wow. understand. Mm. So apart from that, we don't, we don't get it. I remember um, I enjoyed Charles Spurgeon. Mm-hmm. And one of his students asked him, how, he, how do you study the Bible, Mr. Spurgeon? And he said, here's what I do. Very simple. I open my Bible. And I make a beeline for Jesus. Wow. Yeah. Wow. It's the revelation of Christ. Isn't that something? So, uh, you know, um, many of God's dear people may disagree with us, but the Bible is not a handbook on Christian living. Mm-hmm. It wasn't given. Right. It's a revelation of Jesus Christ. Right. And if we approach it as a handbook for Christian living uh, and become a stranger to Christ, then it's worthless to us. I agree. It's not a how-to manual. It's a who-will story. Yeah. Yeah, it's amen. and it's yeah it's when you when you learn to read the bible the way it was written to be read you'll find that you've never read the bible before and it's almost and i like to use this phrase with our students that it's throughout the year they'll hear me say it that it's almost like one person wrote this <laughs> and he had one thing to talk about and it's not you yeah amen it's it's all about him and, and until we come to that point where we realize it's all about him, it's not about me, it's you know, that he simply allows us to live in who it's all about, that this really becomes profitable. You know, reading the Bible becomes a joy. And, and not just the next thing to check off. You know, I've got to get this over with so I can get on to the rest of the day. Yeah. But you find that it actually starts to affect the rest of your day. Mm, amen. So back to what the Lord, how the Lord's just worked in your life. So you, you pastored this little church and uh, so how, how would you go from there? What happened after that? Well, really it's, it's what happened before oh, okay. I pastored the little church, which I left out is when I had crashed as a Christian, because I, I couldn't stop sinning. I couldn't live a holy life. I, and I was at the bottom. Mm. Um, the Lord worked, and just through circumstances, I met a man named Ed Miller, mm. who had been to Columbia Bible College, mm-hmm. and had um, uh, had his eyes turned to the Lord as a Christian much earlier. I, I went up to visit him, because okay. he had a tape ministry, so I began, and they were free, so that's why, because okay. I was a poor Bible student. So they were free, I started listening, and I just could not. It was just amazing what I was hearing, how Christ was everything, mm. and everything's in Christ. And it's, um, you know, Christ lives in me um, to make me the person he wants me to be. And it doesn't depend upon me, it depends upon him. Mm. When I heard that, I went up to visit him. And uh, graciously, he sat down and just explained to me the message of, of Ian Thomas, you know, the exchange life. Mm-hmm. And when I heard that, so when I, but by the time I reached the church, the pastor of the church, um, the Lord was grounding me in that message. Yeah. So that's what I proclaimed. And that's why I went, mm. because I was finding more believers just like me, you know, struggling in the flesh, trying to live a holy life, and yeah. they couldn't. And many just throwing in the towel because mm. of it. And, and, and that's why I started teaching. Okay. Because I have a message, mm. you know, and that's, 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 I just, Proclaim Christ. Mm-hmm. So that's why I went. Isn't it interesting how people are drawn to this and often don't know why? <laughs> yeah, it's, I think it's because we were made for this. We were made for this life. We were made for the very breath of life. God himself made, and he makes that known to us in Christ. 
by his Holy Spirit. And when we when we hear this, we're just naturally drawn to that. I, I just think that's interesting because, you know, a, a lot of times in the beginning of the school year, students will come to us and say, why has nobody told me this? Mm, yeah. Or when when I'm given the opportunity to preach somewhere and, and people come up and say, that, you know, that, that that's so clear. And, you know, it's not because, it's, it's not because of, you know, th- that I have some kind of way of saying something. I think it's really yeah. because the, the Holy Spirit is revealing Christ. Mm-hmm. And people are just drawn to this. And uh, I just, we see, you know what, every summer we see, uh, we have close to a thousand campers. Uh, well, we have over a thousand campers every summer. And we don't keep a tally. We just kind of see what happens at the end of the week when our campfires when. Uh, we ask, you know, if you've made, you know, if you made it a, a profession of faith in Christ, if you've had, you know, if the Lord's worked in your heart, you know, just, you know, just let us know. You know. Would you would you stand up so we can be praying for you? So we kind of get a rough. I, we don't sit there and count the, the noses, but mm-hmm. but we get kind of a, a, a rough idea, and we find that, oh my goodness, we're seeing you know, thirty to fifty kids a week mm-hmm. coming to know Jesus. And what's interesting is that we're not, every chapel is not, okay, listen, Jesus died for you, now you need to put your, you need to put your faith mm-hmm. in him. And we, certainly, we, we do tell, mm-hmm. tell that, but the majority of our chapel sessions are, are simply pointing people to Christ. He is your life. He is to be your life. He is the one that, through whom we come to know God. He is, you know, we just talk about Jesus. And I think it's interesting that so many people, so many of these kids come to know Jesus simply through just just going through the word. Yeah. You know? well, if the Son of Man be lifted up, yeah. he'll draw all men unto himself. Mm. Yeah. Mm. Mm. yeah. I mean, he's the seeker and savior of the lost. We're not. Mm. You know, the, That's a good the, point. The, the Lord doesn't, the Lord has no needs. So he doesn't need human instruments. Now he uses human right. instruments, and we're, we're 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 thankful that he does use right. human. But he doesn't need human. Mm. What if this? What does he say? The the stones will cry out. Right. You know. So, um, I, I a big burden was lifted off my shoulders when I learned that God did not place the responsibility of oral evangelism with mm. me. Mm-hmm. It's not with me. Mm. It's with Jesus. Mm. He can make he's he can make himself known. Amen. He'll do it through instruments. Yeah. But he's the one that has to make himself known. He's mm. the seeker and savior of the lost. I'm not. Mm. And so that that's a, a big burden is lifted, you know. Um uh, the Lord loves the lost too much to leave their salvation up to the church. Wow. You know. And so I'm um if it um like I said, so that's that that work that's to me, um that's no surprise. Mm. If, if the Lord be lifted up, he will Definitely draw them into himself. Mm. Oh, thank the Lord. Yeah. yeah. So how long did you pastor this church? I pastored for five years. Okay. And then I learned that it wasn't for me. Okay. <laughs> okay. So I, I enjoyed the experience, mm-hmm. but um, I, I, didn't, I, I wasn't great with administration. I didn't like meetings. I, I just wanted to teach. Mm. That's all I wanted to do. So I left and I just started teaching in my home and a small group of believers um, gathered and we had a wonderful time of fellowship 
and I, I didn't want to start, you know, a church, really. I, I get, I guess the the more I see scripture, the more I see that you really can't go to church. You are the church. Okay. Okay. So I we were just meeting in my home, and I was filling pulpits, you know, in the Adirondack Mountains, the tiny little churches up there, and that's where I was. So I was. Um, teaching there thankful for that and then i um my parents were getting older and Mm -hmm. i decided that we should move back to maryland Mm -hmm. from new york to be closer to them and so we did and so that kind of ended my ministry i was up there in upstate new york for 13 years so the lord had um tremendous ministry uh I, i believe through us and then we Came back and got a call of a friend. There was a, there was a fellowship in Baltimore. Okay. Looking for someone to teach. Okay. And it was an elder-based fellowship. Okay. So they didn't want a pastor. Okay. Yeah. They just wanted a teaching elder. Okay. And so, hey, that's me. That's what yeah. I wanted to do. And so it was just an, another uh, probably 15 years of just teaching in that fellowship, mm-hmm. you know. And that was my responsibility. And they loved it. I just studied. I taught. The elders ran everything else Mm -hmm. for me and that was praise the lord for that so i was uh and and then uh, a dear friend after that uh wanted me to team up with him to travel and start doing conferences and it's great because we would team teach Mm. like if we taught the book of jonah he would take chapter one i'd take chapter two he'd take chapter three and so and we studied um uh, throughout the year what we were going to do at conferences and so that by the time we got to the fellowship or the home, wherever it was, we would uh, divide it up. So we'd be in sync okay. about how we wanted to share. So we did that for a number of years, and that mm. was just sweet fellowship. Mm. Our wives became best friends mm-hmm. in that, and that was great. And then I, the Lord, uh, he says, one day, why don't we start a magazine? So we started a little magazine together. We called it A More Excellent Way. And most of the magazine really was just quotes from... Really? You know, 18th century. Okay. You know, because that's my time period. I love, you know, mm. um, I love that time. I think I think there was a real Christ-centered mm. um, movement in England during okay. that time. So I've enjoyed that okay. that writing. So, yeah. uh, so then, um, well, that's and then I got a call from, you know, torchbearers. Okay. To come. So it's my first time. Really. Yeah. So I've, I'm thoroughly enjoying it. I love the students here. It's been a been a wonderful week i've got one more study to teach and i i leave this afternoon um but uh i'm, I'm gonna miss it sweet well good i'm, no, I'm glad to hear that so are you are, are what are you involved with a ministry right now yeah my wife and i started our own nonprofit ministry okay what's it ni- called 1984 hungry heart ministries hungry heart right okay right and what what is, I assume it's a teaching ministry. Uh, it is, yeah, and and it's it's taken different forms uh, f- through the years. Uh, I've written a book. I've published some other books. Okay, what's the name the of the magazine. book? <laughs> I wrote a book uh, called Dear Christian. Okay, and it's just a little paperback, self published. Okay, you, you can't find it anywhere. <laughs> really? Know? Do you have it's, a website? Uh, yeah. <laughs> yes and no. I have it, but it's I haven't really kept up. Okay. Really, ever kept up to it? Is there anywhere people can go to hear your your teaching? Yeah, you know, I'm uh, in in the fellowships that I've taught in. Okay. Um, if if you Google my name, you find me. Okay. And so I've I haven't um put myself online, but others have. So okay. there's videos and audio. Okay. There. Okay. So great. Okay. Well, 
I, man, I, I appreciate so much you giving me this time. I, I want to let you go so you can go back and finish preparing for class. Uh, but I, I just thank you. This has really been encouraging. I think I, I think I could sit and talk with you for hours. Actually, uh, uh, it's it's been a very encouraging conversation for me. And the students were not lying. You know that you <laughs> encourage one to Christ. And you know I want to encourage you with that. That you know that that is what the Lord's doing with you. And and you know to to thank Him to praise Him for that. Yeah. And uh, and to keep your eyes fixed. That's the the, the theme of our podcast uh, is to to keep your eyes fixed on Jesus. And so we want to remind alumni. We want to remind our guests, friends from around the world that are that are listening in. That really that's that's where that's where significance and and peace and rest is found by being fixed on Jesus. Not Amen. only your problem, but God's provision. The, the Lord the Lord is gracious, didn't He? Uh, and it's it's a, it's a privilege to share with hungry hearts because mm. I've been in I've been in circles that there haven't there hasn't been a whole lot of hunger mm. you know and there's a rejection mm. really to the message mm. um, Hebrews talks about being outside the camp because mm-hmm. that's where Jesus is mm. so if you go after Jesus you will end up looking around and you will be outside the camp mm. you know mm. there's a rejection but hungry hearts God is faithful to. Uh, lead us to those he wants to bed mm-hmm. and extremely gracious and what a privilege. Amen. Well, Tom, thank you. It's been good talking with you. You too. Registration for the 2024-2025 school year opened last week and applications have already been coming in. If you or someone you know is interested in applying for this upcoming school year at His Hill, please check out our website at hishill.org to get the application process rolling. You've been listening to the His Hill podcast featuring our host, Kelly Doherty, along with one of our guest speakers, Tom Wantrup. Thank you so much for tuning in with us this week. Remember to keep your eyes fixed on Christ and don't forget to be encouraged. He is for you. I'm Lizzie and we'll see you next week.